If you wouldn't mind pulling out your Bible, I'm going to read a little bit of scripture. 1 John 1, 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of, the, of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it. We have, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us all from sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. How many of us appreciate the word of God? God's word is powerful, it's truth, it's light, and uh, it is the security uh, that we have. All right, 1 John chapter 1 is so powerful because it gives us that uh, reinforcement and vision about the life that God has for us, and he, he represents that as, as light. And of course, the opposite of that, he represents as darkness. He's saying when we live in sin, when we live apart from God, and when we live in a way in which we are maybe harboring uh, some things that we're doing that we're not supposed to do. He says, you're, you're, you've got darkness. He said, but walk in the light. So there's this clear distinction between light and darkness. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8, the Bible says, and they, speaking, of course, of Adam and Eve, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Here is God wanting to meet with Adam and Eve, but because they had just done the very one thing that God told them not to do, they had covered themselves with the leaves that they had found, and a covering is always a way of hiding, and hiding always brings about darkness. When we hide from God, it's because we're walking in darkness, and when we hide from Him, we will continue to walk in darkness and, of course, go into deeper darkness. But God's plan for us is much different. He wants us to walk in light and not in darkness. He wants us to enjoy His presence and His goodness, but we cannot enjoy that presence and His goodness and His favor and His power if we're walking in darkness. The Bible tells us that Cain hid from the Lord. Jonah ran from God, hid from him. He was in some serious darkness in the belly of the great fish or whale. We hide from God because of his holiness and because of our sin. We recognize God's holiness. He's perfect. 
We recognize our shortcomings and the things that we've done out of selfish gratification that are not pleasing to him. Romans chapter 1 and verse 21 says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. That's so interesting. Because here it says they... And although they knew God, they had an understanding of God. But because they didn't want to walk in the light, they did not want to be in freedom, they didn't want to be in goodness, they didn't want to live their lives in love, they started twisting everything around and taking what, what God created and perverting it, and they started taking God's word and, and, and trying to dissolve it, though that's an impossible task. And it says their hearts were darkened. And so we as the body of Christ come here together on Sunday mornings to join together because we want to walk in the light. We want to walk in God's favor and God's goodness. And we want to walk in the revelation that he has for us so that we're not, pardon the pun, but kind of bumping into things while in the dark. Have you ever done that? Yes, we have. All of us. We're walking through a room in the dark, and we think, I, 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 know, I, I know how to get through this, but we don't understand that somebody, one of the four-year-olds in the house, put a toy right in the road, you know, and all of a sudden, your toe hurts for a week because you hit something, because you didn't see it. You didn't see it because you were in the dark. G. Campbell Morgan says, God disobeyed always becomes God distance from consciousness. We begin to try to put him out of our minds. We try and say no and because we're aiming toward darkness. And yet God says, I've got so much for you. I've got so much light, so much love, so much goodness, so much blessing, so much power and strength. If we just walk in the light. And so we as believers in Christ, we as followers of the Lord are saying, yes, God, I want to walk in the light because I know that's where your goodness and your favor is. It's, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, which is actually a prophecy from the book of Isaiah chapter 9. It says, the people living in darkness, not the people who occasionally made a mistake, but there are people who living in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. This uh, was a prophecy of, of Isaiah about the Messiah, who is Christ. And he's saying that's, that's one of the things that's going to happen when the Messiah comes. Isaiah's writing this down. He says when the Messiah comes, there's, there's going to be a people who are walking in darkness, a people that were far away from God in the shadow of death, but a light is going to come among them. A light is going to dawn in their presence. And, of course, that's what Jesus did. He ministered to both Jew and Gentile. And he showed the Gentiles, hey, God's for you too. You're not the second class. You're not way, you know, like no hope. He says, there's hope for you too. And so this light, he says, it's dawned. Remember the time when you really first got it with the Lord? Maybe you heard teaching or preaching. Maybe there's an uncle or an aunt or a cousin or a neighbor. Somebody was kind of introducing you, trying to talk to you about Christ. Maybe you came to children's church or a young uh, college uh, age ministry, and you were were exploring, exploring. And all of a sudden, that, that light was just becoming a little brighter, and you began to understand. And then that day when you said, you know what? I'm going to be a follower of Christ. This makes sense. This is good. I know I need this. And all of a sudden, more that light just comes on bold and strong, and your entire life changes. 
Jesus said, you must be born again. Born again. That baby coming from a place of pure darkness to a place of, whoa, there's some light out here. He said, that's kind of what it's like. You come in from darkness into light. Well, God's light reveals three things. Number one is relationship. God's light begins to reveal to us the relationship that God wants us to have. The driving force in people's lives is that very thing, relationship. The driving force in us. It is a a, a very unusual person who just simply wants to be a nomad isolated by him or herself. We are driven by wanting relationship. But the relationship that is most important, the one that we desire the most, is our relationship with God. And sin is the very thing that destroys that. We see that in Adam and Eve. We see it in our own lives. And yet we're driven toward that relationship with God and we want restoration and, and, we, and we want that connection back with God that we've, we're born without and yet we know we need it. The relationship, God's light reveals that relationship. Right after Jesus um, spoke to a woman who was caught in the act of adultery, um, you can do the math on that. She's caught in the act of sin, adultery, and she's brought before Jesus. And, and, the, and the people who brought her before Jesus wanted her to be just a tool, just, a, just an object so that they could try and trick Jesus. Because Jesus is talking about love and light and goodness and the favor of God. But yet the, the Old Testament, the Bible tells us that It was lawful in that moment for a person caught in adultery for the person to actually be stoned, killed. And so they were like, oh, this guy's been preaching about love. We'll see. Because he says he's, you know, adherence to the word of God. He says he's from God. Let's put him to the test. And so they bring her before Jesus and they said, hey, she was caught in adultery. The the Old Testament says we can stone her. What do you think, Jesus? Jesus. He bends down and writes something in the sand. I wish I knew. He did something with his finger in the sand. And then he looks up and said, I tell you what, the one who has never sinned, let him cast the first stone. And then he went back to writing. And the Bible says that each one of those men started to walk away, the oldest to the youngest, because the oldest understood, man, man. We tried to trick him, but he kind of tricked us. You know what I mean? We tried to get him. We didn't succeed again. Because what was Jesus doing? He's saying, let the light shine on your life and let's see how good you are. Let the light shine on your life and let's see those secret sins that you're doing in private. You just didn't get caught. Nobody drug you out of there, but you've got them. And we're all in that situation, aren't we? As believers and followers of Christ, we don't live a lifestyle of darkness. We don't live in the, in the night, in the dark, but we do occasionally sin. We do sometimes do things like, oh, man, why did I do that? And God's favor is still on us. He, he doesn't just leave us because we did something wrong. He has a relationship with it. It's based on his desires for our life, not on our goodness. Not on, not on whether we're reaching the standard of some perfection or near perfection, and that means we have a great relationship with God. His relationship with us is built on His grace, not on our performance. 
not on how good we become. It is how good He is. He's perfect. Light reveals that. It reveals the relationship that God has with us and wants to have a deeper relationship with us so that if we, yeah, we make those mistakes, we do those things wrong, we have the choice to go, go okay, God, I don't, I don't want to show God that. I don't want to confess it. And boy, that's, that's when we hit trouble, right? Because then we're saying, hey, darkness, 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 darkness. And God says, man, just come into the light. That's why what we read, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to do what? Forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, shines the light on that sin. And that's when we as believers just say, God, I want you to shine your light on my life. Reveal to me anything that I'm doing wrong. What did David say? Oh, God, cleanse me. Cleanse me. I've sinned. Cleanse me. Shine your light on me. Don't remove your spirit from me. Lord, here I am. Cleanse me. And that's what we do as believers because we have a relationship with the Lord. In John chapter 12, verse 46, he said, I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. So that's why I've come. I've come as a light so that no one who puts their faith and confidence in me, no one who believes in me will continue to stay in darkness, but they will come out of darkness into light. We have a relationship with God as the forgiver to the forgiven as the leader to the follower, as the master to the apprentice, and as the father to the child. That's the relationship that we have with God. But the second thing that the, the light of God reveals is the authority. The authority that God has given to us because all authority comes from the top down. All authority is granted to someone, and he's given us authority. Many times, uh, sometimes people feel like very, they, they feel very weak, like I can't make changes and I, and I can't move forward. And God says, oh, I've given you authority to make changes. I've given you authority to move forward. And that authority is given to you for purpose and with, with, with forethought. He said, I've come to give you authority over the works of darkness, over those who are orchestrating darkness. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says, But you, if you're a follower of Christ, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you're a follower of Christ. He says, To you, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Jesus, he says, I give you authority to live your life in light. Not to live your life in, a, in some type of yo-yo between darkness, light, darkness, light. No, he says, no, 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 no. I've called you to come out of darkness so you don't have to walk in that anymore. Aren't you thankful that we no longer have to walk in darkness? We don't have to, what's right and wrong? God reveals it to us. How am I supposed to live? God reveals it to us with his light. How am I supposed to treat other people like, like my grandparents did or my parents did because that wasn't so cool? No. God says, I've, I'm your father. I'm going to show you how to treat people, how to relate with people, how to talk, how to love, how to forgive. Yeah, but forgiveness, I've never seen forgiveness modeled. It wasn't a part of my family. We hold grudges, you know, way back. God says, well, you're in a new family now. And that light shines and says, hey, I'm, I'm bringing you forgiveness so that you also can forgive other people. We walk in the light. We don't, we don't hide that bitterness. 
You go, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hide this. I'm still going to serve the Lord, but I'm going to hide this grudge. Good luck. Because the love of God is going to shine the light of God onto that unforgiveness and go, let's deal with that. Let's deal with that. Because that is doing nothing but holding you back from moving forward. They say the one who, the one who holds unforgiveness, it, it's just kind of like drinking poison. It never works. It never helps the one who has it. And we just got to relinquish that and say, God, shine your light on my life. Is there any part of my relationship with you and is there any part of the authority that you've given me that's being tainted with unforgiveness or bitterness or envy, covetousness? Is there, any, is there anything about my relationship with you and the authority that you've given me that's, that's, that's being squashed and, and strangled because I'm holding on to something? That I'm just not, I have not yet been willing to bring it into the light and ask for your forgiveness. First John 1 says, hey, if we, if we say we don't sin, if we say there's, there's no problem, I don't have any problem. He says, eh, there's a problem. <laughs> there's a problem. It's a problem with your relationship with Christ because you're trying to hide stuff. He says, but, but if you just ask for forgiveness, you say, here it is, God. I don't even know how I'm going to overcome that unforgiveness, but here it is. Will you please help me? I don't even know how to do that. I don't know how to forgive. But Lord, here it is. I've got unforgiveness. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. And then help me to, unforg- to forgive someone else. And that's what God does. He gives us that authority to deal with those very issues. Freedom waits for you and for me, on the other side of surrendering to Christ. Freedom waits for you and I as we surrender to the Lord and say, God, I don't even know how to deal with this, but I surrender it to you. I'm surrendering me to you. Well, that's where freedom is. That's where freedom is. And that's where authority is. Because authority leads us into freedom. Authority leads us to freedom. Is there something in your life that you're just going like, I, I, just, I just, I don't know how to get over this. I don't know how to get through this. I, I, it, it's holding me back. I know it's a detriment to my life and my, my life and my walk with Christ. I just don't know how to deal with it. Maybe you've, maybe you've just tried to progress forward in, in loving people who seem to be unlovable and you're like, man, I just... I don't know how to do that. And God says, I'm, I've given you authority. The relationship that God has with us is a relationship of authority. He's an authority over us, but he gives us that authority to take charge and to speak to that problem, to speak to that hindrance, and to say, in Jesus' name, I have no idea how I'm going to overcome this unforgiveness, but in the name of Jesus, I'm going to overcome it. I don't know how but I'm going to overcome it. I don't know how I'm going to overcome this bitterness, but in the name of Jesus, God, please forgive me and wash me and help me to overcome this, whatever it is. God, please help me. Well, the last thing, the third thing that um, the light of God reveals is that of purpose. People today want authority. 
They want to be in charge. They want to make decisions. But authority without purpose leads to abuse. We have the authority, but we don't know the purpose of that authority that will lead to abuse, such as a supervisor over those he or she is supervising. I have the authority to tell you what to do. Well, that's great. But what is the purpose behind it? A husband or any spouse, it could be husband or wife, authority but without purpose will lead to abuse because we want to exercise that authority over people but missing out on the purpose of that authority and the purpose of our lives and their lives. In John chapter 15, verse 5, it's Jesus said, I am the vine, using that, that poetic illustration, that example. He said, I'm, I'm going to show you something that you already understand and how it really describes me. He said, you understand vineyards, you have grapes, you drink wine, you understand how the vines work. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Several years ago, we planted some cedar trees in the back of our yard, and, and they've been slow growing, but they're growing, and there's three of them side by side. And I noticed a couple of weeks ago that part of one of them was brown. All of the, the leaves, which is, an, of course, an evergreen, but it, they were brown. I was like, hmm, how, wonder, what, what's up with that? And I thought, maybe they'll turn green. No, they didn't turn green. So I was a little patient, and I waited, but then I went back there, and I said, well, what's going on with this tree? And I found that the, the, the trunk was, you know, comes up like this, but there was, a, there was a lower shoot that came up like that, and it had branches off of it. And somehow this shoot died. And so all of the branches that were from that little shoot turned brown. The, the tree is good, but that branch... That's just like what Jesus is talking about. If you abide in me and I abide in you, there's going to be life. There's going to be goodness. You're going to last. The, the branch of that tree was still in the tree, but the life of the tree wasn't in the branch. See, it's, not a, it's not a matter whether you go to church or not. It's not a matter of whether you go to small group or not. It's not a matter of whether you... Is the life of God in you? Is the life of God, the flow, the, the, the relationship, the authority, the purposes, is that still in you, his love? Or are we just going through the motions? See? If you abide in me and I abide in you, that's where success, that's where fruitfulness comes, that's where goodness comes. God desires for everyone in this room to have the life of God flowing in your life, to have that relationship and that authority and that purpose so that we have the life of God within us. And everything that's holding us back, everything that's, that's causing us a problem, God says, I want to deal with that and I want to take care of it. He says, if we walk in the darkness, there's big time problems. But if we walk in the light and say, God, please forgive me. Please come into my life. Please forgive me. Lord, I, I, I want to serve you, love you, but I'm just, this thing's holding me back. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how to get over it. God says, I'll help you with that. I'll deal with that. And he can do that today. So 
The light of God is there to reveal. The light is here to heal. The light of God says, this is the way I want you to live, where you're in complete harmony with me, and you're enjoying life the way I'm meant for you to enjoy life. And until we're at that place, man, we still got room to grow. I don't know about you, but I've still got some room to grow. There's still some things in my life. I'm like, God, I don't know how to deal with that, but Lord, would you please help me? And he is, and he does, and he does for every one of us. So what, what is it in your life? Maybe you would say today, you know, he says like, Chris, I, I'm not even a Christ follower right now. I haven't gone through that, that birth, that from darkness to light. I'm, I'm, I'm apart from God. I don't know God. Well, that can change today. God wants that to change today, and that can change today. By just simply, you know, maybe saying a prayer that's like, God, here I am. I'm sinned, I don't, I don't know what it even means to follow you, but I know that I know down deep in my heart, I know that Christ is my answer. So Lord, here I am, here I am. Would you please forgive me and just, I wanna follow you. I put my faith and confidence that God is good, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin. And he rose from the dead to prove he is God's Messiah. He is God's chosen one. And I'm putting my faith right there in Christ. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. So that, Lord, I can have eternal life. Would you put your faith in confidence, not just simply in a forgiving God. Not just simply in a loving God. But in what God did so that we can go to heaven. And that is Jesus Christ. His life, death, burial, and resurrection. And we say, that's, that's where my salvation comes from. If, you just, if you'll just do that, then that's that start where all of a sudden, man, you'll go from darkness to light. And then the rest of your life, it's a matter of just saying, God, I'm enjoying your light. And as things come up in my life, please, Lord, deal with it. And God said, I will do that. I will do that. I'm going to put you on the spot for just a moment, okay? Can we do that? Because we're bringing this, we're, we're landing the plane. You ready? Three people shook their head yes. Okay, well, we're going to do it anyway. How many of you say, you know what, I've been serving the Lord, I've been following God, but for these years that I've been following God, he's still working on me. He's still doing a deal in my life, and the light is still shining in my life, and I've still got to come to him and say, God... Here I am, please forgive me. Anybody experience that in your life? Anybody at all? Oh, good, we're in a good crowd. Okay, great, great. That's God's plan for our life, that we start off, we go from darkness to light. We're born again. And then he says, it's going to be a life of blessing and goodness and favor, and it's going to be a life where God's going to get in there and kind of meddle a little bit in our lives and go, hey, we need to deal with that unforgiveness. We need to deal with that whatever. But, man, it's always for our good, isn't it? always for our good. Hey, let's pray today. Okay, let's pray.